In Acts chapter 20, we read of how Paul was visiting the congregation at Troas. <clears throat> and it says that when they gathered, now I don't know when they started, but I know when they ended, <laughs> that as he taught, he preached to them until midnight. And he probably would have gone longer, but it was interrupted by a man by the name of Eutychus, who was sitting in the third story window and fell asleep while he was in the window. So um, maybe he was not too excited about Paul being there and preaching so long. But he fell outside off of the window and they took him up as one who was dead and, and Paul revived him and, and then he ate and felt better. I'll tell you that story to remind you that first of all, I'm not Paul, so I don't plan on preaching until midnight. But also, I know how tired you are. It's been half a week of, of together like this, and it's been pretty intense. It's my understanding you are not normally having afternoon services. So after a big meal and then turn around and having services, I know how difficult it is not to fall asleep. I promise not to be Paul if you promise not to be Eutychus. That's <clears throat> this afternoon, I want to talk about the family of God one more time. We are family. But because we're family... We're, we're really family. <laughs> Arguments, difficulties, challenges, in every way, we are family. And so I want to talk about what to do when we have those times of opinions, of disagreements, and of arguments. In Colossians chapter 3, in verses 12 through 14, it tells us to bear with and to forgive one another. Let's read the passage together. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another, even, or if anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you must also do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. As family, there's going to be times that we're going to have our scrapes, and we need to learn to bear with one another and just let those go. There's going to be other times that they're more than scrapes. That they're, they're deeper than that. They're deep wounds. And so in that case, we need to learn to forgive one another. What does that mean? What does that look like? We've talked about that some this week, but let's go and look at the process. In Matthew chapter 5, let's read about the process from someone who is guilty, who needs to go talk to the one who has been offended. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 23 says, Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go your way. First be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. Agree with your adversary quickly while you are on the way with him, lest your adversary deliver you to the judge and the judge hand you over to the officer and you be thrown into prison. So that's what we need to do. When we are someone who has, we know that we have hurt someone and we need to reach out to them and he tells us exactly what to do. That no matter what's going on in life, no matter what pressures we might have from the church or otherwise, that we need to get with that person and we need to work it out. But what happens if you're the one who's been offended? What's the difference? Well, that's told to us in Matthew chapter 18. So let's look at Matthew 18 verses 15 through 20. There Jesus says, moreover, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he hears you, you have gained your brother. But if he will not hear, take with you one or two more, that by the mouth of two or three witnesses every word may be established. And if he refuses to hear them, 
tell it to the church. But if, if he refuses even to hear the church, let him be to you like a heathen and a tax collector. Assuredly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, I say to you that if two, agree, two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. Okay, so what do we learn from these? We see the process. Let's talk about some of the nuts and bolts of this process. First of all, it says, first be reconciled to your brother above all else, above sacrifice, above attending the assembly, above any church activity, above going to spend time with your family, above going to the movies. You can put whatever you want in that slot. First, be reconciled to your brother. The relationship is the priority. And that's what I want to, to see from this, is that our relationship with one another is the priority. 1 John 4 and verse 20, if someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he's not seen? We see each other face to face. And so how can we claim to love God who we haven't seen and we refuse to love one another, his offspring, his children? So that relationship is very important. Matter of fact, your relationship between you and God is dependent on your relationship with one another. First Peter chapter four and verse eight says, and above all things, have fervent love for one another, one another, for love will cover a multitude of sins. You want to know how you can get over the hurt that somebody's caused you? Love them. Let it cover this, the multitude of sins. All the multitude of sins that we've committed against God, he's forgiven. And so, when we bear with one another, even when they don't need to seek forgiveness, we forgive them anyway. We bear with them. Look, we all have that crazy uncle, right? We all have that person that we go to the family reunion and we're like, oh, I hope he doesn't come. He's going to be there. We don't exclude him from it. We just, we bear with him because he's family. That's what we do. And so that's what we're called to do, to let love cover that multitude of sins. However, Sometimes that doesn't happen. And so we need to reconcile with our brother. And he tells us how to do that. First, go to that person alone. It doesn't matter where, if you're the one offended or you're the one guilty. It doesn't change that fact. You go and talk to him alone. The worst thing I can do when I have a problem with any one of you is to go to someone else besides you to deal with it. All that does is cause strife. So we need to go to one another, be willing to confront one another, with those situations. Now, if that doesn't work and the relationship is not mended in that moment, that's when we bring one or two witnesses. And that one or two witnesses may help you realize that you may got it all wrong. You may have some problems with that person for no reason. Maybe they weren't really at fault. And so you need those witnesses to be there. But if that doesn't work, what do you do? That's when you tell it to the church. See, what Jesus wants us to do is to keep the problem as small as possible, to limit the exposure of the, the wrong that someone had done to the rest of the family. So we deal with that personally first as much as we possibly can. And if that doesn't work, but the whole goal in that was to reconcile with the brother. That's the whole goal. I looked up on Google what the two most popular names were, and I came up with these two names, that's why they're being used on the board. If it's your name, I apologize. But Jim and Mary have a problem. And they need to deal with that problem. You know how they deal with that problem? They focus on the issue. 
they do not focus on each other. When I start making character assassinations and attacks on someone and try to assign motives to them, that's when we're going to have issues. That's when we're going to have real problems. But when I focus on the problem at hand, on what is the actual issue, maybe we can get to the bottom of it and from that make a solution. Because I'm going in with a loving attitude that says, you know what, I want to be reconciled. When I go in to, to lay the hammer down, <laughs> we're going to focus on the person and, and we're going to waylay that person. But if we focus on the issue, we can get to the bottom of it and we can figure out a solution to that. So that's number one that we see in this process. But Matthew 5 also tells us to agree with your adversary quickly. We learn that when we go through this process, that you can gain your brother. See, you lost your brother. Now you can gain a brother. Luke 6 and verse 35 says, But love your enemies, do good and lend, hoping for nothing in return. And your reward will be great, and you will be, the, excuse me, will be sons of the Most High. For he is kind to the unthankful and evil. Therefore be merciful, just as your Father also is merciful. So as God has called us to forgive, as he forgives... He tells us here that we need to be merciful as he is merciful. Not to bring judgment, but to bring mercy. God's in the job of judgment. You are not. That's not your job. But notice Hebrews 8 and verse 12. If we're going to have mercy like he has mercy. Hebrews 8 and verse 12 says, For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their lawless deeds. I will remember no more. Now, God is powerful enough to be able to remove something from his mind that he would never remember, but that's not what this means. <laughs> what this means is, I will not recall it. I will not hold it against you any longer. So when we forgive, when we agree with our adversary, and in that moment it's our brother, but when we agree with one another, and when we put the focus on the relationship and we gain our brother, we do that through forgiveness. How do I do that? I have an attitude, I have a spirit, I have a disposition of mercy that says, you know what, I'm going to let that go. And if I say I let that go, that's my promise to you that I won't recall it. I won't hold it against you and I won't hold it in my mind. That doesn't mean you might not be, you might not be reminded occasionally, but you have to remember I made a promise. I made a promise that I'd be merciful and I'd let that go. And I will not hold it against them any longer. That's how you forgive. Then he says in Matthew 18 that whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven when two agree. And then he says when two or three are gathered together in the midst of them, I'm, or gather together, I am there in the midst of them. What does he mean by that? Now I know how traditionally the church of Christ has meant that and they're wrong. It does not mean when I have vacation and we're there with all the family and because we got two or three gathered together, that I can have communion. That's not what that verse means. What that verse is talking about is when two brethren have odds with one another and they reconcile because they come to an agreement or the church has to come to agreement about that person who is guilty one way or the other. When two or three make that decision, it's bound. And what he's saying when two or three gather together in my name, what he's saying is I'm there in the middle of that agreement. I am a witness to the agreement. That's how serious the agreement is. It's, it's a mat, let's not take that verse out of context, but put it in its proper place, that when I am at odds with someone and I say I forgive them, he saw it all, which means I need to let it go. 
I need to hold up my end of the bargain to not ever recall that again. And when I'm reminded of it, to say, you know what? I forgave them. I hold them guiltless. That's what it means that he's got, he is with us when we are gathered in that moment. We are family, warts and all. Be willing to overlook the small things and properly deal with the big things. The family of God is the closest thing we have to heaven on earth. Don't lose it. Treasure it. How sweet, how heavenly is the sight. That's the song we're about to sing. And I hope to leave that song with you as an encouragement. And if you need us, let us know by coming forward while we stand and while we sing that song.